The accounting firm of Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba presents a 25th Silver Anniversary College Football Hall of Fame season of Fighting Irish Preview. And now, here's your host, Phil Houck. On the evening of November 27th, 2021, at about 9 p.m. local time in Palo Alto, California, Brian Kelly bounded into a small interview room reserved for visiting teams at Stanford Stadium. About a dozen reporters and six or seven camera persons were present. Kelly's team had just dismantled Stanford 45-17, closing out the regular season at 11-1, and Kelly was all smiles as he stated, quote, We made our case. We are one of the four best teams without question in my mind in the country. All Irish, all in. 48 hours later, he resigned from Notre Dame and headed to LSU. In fact, there had been no obvious warning. Brian Kelly took a new challenge and quite a bit of money and ran. Shock, disappointment, and certainly some anger hit the Notre Dame football world like a typhoon. But at that moment that the unbelievable came true, what wasn't so obvious was that the Notre Dame football program with 54 wins in the previous five seasons, young talent at every position, in a parade of promising recruits in the pipeline was, thanks in large part to Brian Kelly, in a very good place. And might even with the injection of some new fresh blood, be in a position to ascend to new heights. If Jack Swarbrick could just work a little magic. The next 72 hours were a blur and Swarbrick stepped up to the plate. In rapid succession, he identified his man and picked up the pieces strength and conditioning coach Matt Bayless, offensive coordinator Tommy Reese, and defensive line coach Mike Elston. Check, check, and check. And the cornerstone to keep things together, after the team captains had spoken and Father Jenkins zoomed in from Rome, became Marcus Freeman. Marcus Freeman, 35 years old, a brilliant defensive coach, extraordinary communicator, tireless worker, After just one season in South Bend, he had seemingly grown to appreciate and embrace the God, Country, Notre Dame culture. Swarbrick indeed worked some magic, and three days later, Marcus Freeman became the 30th head coach at the University of Notre Dame. Hello, Marcus Freeman. Goodbye, Brian Kelly. And that gets us to the first game of the Marcus Freeman era, Fiesta Bowl. Oklahoma State. And in this game, Marcus Freeman has the opportunity to do something that Brian Kelly and a few other ND head coaches never did. You see, the Irish haven't won a major New Year's Day bowl since Lou Holtz. Hello, Marcus Freeman. Your destiny awaits. Stay tuned for Fighting Irish Insight from America's foremost authority on Notre Dame football, Tim Priester, senior editor of irishillustrated.com. After these words from Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba, Sher McCulloch Auctioneers, and Flight by Yingling, raise the bar with only 2.6 grams of carbs and 95 calories. This is Fighting Irish Preview. 
The University of Notre Dame exemplifies dedication to hard work, integrity, and personal values, which result in success in the classroom and on the football field. The professionals at Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba, like Notre Dame, know the same dedication, and their experience and expertise provide peace of mind for you and your business. Tax planning, tax compliance, auditing, business valuation, and estate planning, the full-service accounting firm of Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba, like the Irish, has what it takes to help you achieve success. Located in Fort Wayne near Jefferson Point, Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba proudly supports Notre Dame football and congratulates all those who are a part of the greatest tradition in all of sports. Go Irish! This is Art Salzburg. I don't speak for a lot of companies, but Shearer McCulloch is a firm that provides a great and much-needed service. As Sharon and I get older, we've been thinking of moving, but frankly, the thought is somewhat overwhelming. That's where Shearer McCulloch comes in with a full-service plan that takes the pressure off. Listen to this. Shearer McCulloch will sell your house, auction the items you don't want to take, then pack everything else and move you. In sports terms, that's a blowout win. Shearer McCulloch uses an international auction platform to make sure your possessions are seen by the right buyers. They'll get top dollar for your special treasures. Sheer McCulloch is highly recommended by leading retirement communities and law firms, plus their AAA with the Better Business Bureau. Call them at 441-8636. That's 441-8636. They'll make your moving experience easy and profitable. Sheer McCulloch. Introducing Flight by Yingling, the next generation of light beer. For those who don't follow trends, but craft them. Flight by Yingling is 12 ounces of uncompromised refreshment from America's oldest brewery. With only 2.6 grams of carbs and 95 calories, this is premium refreshment, six generations in the making. Don't just raise a glass, raise the bar. Flight by Yingling, now available wherever beer is sold. DG Yingling and Sun Incorporated, Pottsville, Pennsylvania. Please enjoy responsibly. Hi, this is Brett Rump. Congratulations, Phil and Tim. 25 great years of Fighting Irish Preview. Now back to Fighting Irish Preview with your host, Phil Howe. Tim Priester, Senior Editor of IrishIllustrated.com. It's been a while since we uh, talked on the radio, and it's that magical time of the college football year, and I mean, of course, bowl games. There's lots of them. Of course, COVID issues have put a bit of a damper on things, and we all have our fingers crossed for the Fiesta Bowl. But let's talk some ND Bowl memories to kick things off here a bit and start with one Notre Dame Bowl memory. Tim, and you've covered a lot of bowls, by the way. I know that, and you've seen a lot of bowls even before you started as a journalist. Give us one Notre Dame Bowl memory you'd like to forget about but can't, and then give me a a favorite Notre Dame Bowl memory. Go ahead. Well, I had to add it up. This will, I mean, God willing here, it'll be my 30th bowl game that I've attended uh, in a a working uh, capacity. But So I can go over those. I'm going to let you choose your two, but I'm going to dip back into uh, my early days as a a young fan. the, The one that I would like to forget is the 1972 season orange bowl when Johnny Rogers uh, led Nebraska to a 40 to six victory over Notre Dame. And I'm not sure it was that close. Well, I certainly remember that game and Johnny Rogers. I think I still have nightmares about him 
uh, scoring touchdowns. Uh, but the good news is that the Irish turned it around and won the national title the next year. And I'll go, I'll go ahead and give my negative first, and then we'll move on to some positive uh, memories. My negative has to be, uh, it, this one popped right into my mind, and it's still kind of fresh, and that was the Fiesta Bowl game because we're going to the Fiesta Bowl this week. But uh, after the 2015 season, that was a really good Notre Dame team. Josh Adams, Deshaun Kaiser, Will Fuller. Uh, unfortunately, Ohio State took the Irish out 44-28, to but what really made the thing bad was five minutes into the game when Jalen Smith went down uh, with a serious knee injury that uh, he, of course, fought his way back and got back into the NFL. But that was a really tough, tough moment. I'll never forget Ezekiel Elliott. Ohio State's star running back, who, of course, has made it really, really big in the NFL and was a first-round draft pick that year, going over to Jalen as he laid on the field and comforting him because you could tell at that point it was really a serious injury. So let us I'd like to try to forget about that one. I probably never will. But how about a positive bowl memory, Tim? Well, I was in attendance for the uh, the Fiesta Bowl, the 1988 season, when Notre Dame won the national title. So that's, uh, that's at the top of the list again, professionally, but I'll go back uh, a little bit further than the orange bowl that I referred to the cotton bowl in 1970 season, Texas, a, a 30 game winning streak in Notre Dame, just in their second bowl game. Um, since Newt Rockby coached the Rose bowl in 25 and Notre Dame ended um, Texas's 30 game streak with a convincing 24 to 11 victory in the cotton bowl. Yeah. Joe Theismann, quarterback in the Irish. I remember that one as a kid. I wasn't there, but I remember being at my Aunt Lib's house watching that game. So uh, that is a great memory. Mine is a lot more recent, and it is a game that I was uh, covering at the game, so it gave me a few privileges that day, and it was just a couple of years ago, but it was the Citrus Bowl, and it was that great comeback win by the Irish over LSU. Ian Book hitting uh, Miles Boykin uh, in the last minute and a half of the game. On a, on a long pass up the far sideline. And my view of that was fantastic because we were down on the field at that point. They generally let the uh, media go down on the field for the last five minutes of the game. And we were right next to the Notre Dame bench. I, I still remember it vividly and had a great view of the catch and the play and the run into the end zone. And then the celebration on the Notre Dame sideline. That was a tremendous memory. So bowl memories, lots of them when you talk about Notre Dame, and they hope to make some memories this year. But there's a couple of things we do need to talk about, Tim. I think you know what's coming now before we uh, actually talk deeply about Oklahoma State and the Fiesta Bowl. And here's my question, Tim. Of course, lots of news happened since the last time we talked uh, right prior to the Stanford game. First of all, on a scale of one to 10, how shocked were you by Brian Kelly leaving South Bend? I'd say probably a nine, knowing that Brian Kelly, uh, uh, you know, w- w- was never really fully 100% invested in Notre Dame. So I'll rate that at a nine, but I didn't see it coming. Now I did, you know, one week later after I asked Brian Kelly this question, he accepted the head coaching job at LSU. I said, barring you leaving the coaching profession, would you leave Notre Dame of your own volition? And he said, no. Now, of course he had, he had to say no. He couldn't say maybe. He couldn't say yes. But in retrospect, we looked back and saw that he was wearing a purple shirt that day under his blue blazer, and we should have been tipped off. But uh, no, I, I wasn't. And yeah, very surprised 
that after an 11 and one regular season with still a chance to make the playoffs that he, uh, he headed to, to LSU, but they made him an offer. He couldn't refuse. Yeah, I guess it is. And he did qualify his answer, of course. And you know, you recall that to you. And he said something about, well, if a $250 million offer comes your way, you got to at least talk to your wife about it. Some words along that line. Well, he didn't get that much, but he certainly got a big offer from LSU. So let's move on from Brian Kelly. But I do have a question then, of course, of the man that got hired, Marcus Freeman. And you and I uh, were texting as this coaching search was going on. And one of the first things that came to my mind when we talked about Marcus Freeman was, uh, well, history tells us that Notre Dame has hired some coaches in the past without head coaching experience, and the things didn't work out all that well. Tell us why you have confidence that Marcus Freeman can overcome that lack of experience, because I think he can, but you tell me why you think he can. Yeah, well, uh, first I want to say there's no such thing as a sure thing as a head coach at Notre Dame, so I, I want to put that qualifier on that, but everything points to Marcus Freeman. I mean, clearly he was on the verge of landing a head coaching job somewhere and he came to Notre Dame and, and uh, ended up doing a really nice job defensively after a slow start and impressed everybody. And so, I mean, he impressed Jack Swarbrick, he impressed the Notre Dame hierarchy and certainly the, the team. I mean, he was an overwhelming choice of the team. And I, I've, I found it pretty fascinating during the 40, uh, 24, 48 hours between the departure of Brian Kelly and hiring of, of Marcus Freeman, that Notre Dame fans uh, across the country, I'm mean, almost unanimously, I know some people would would have liked Luke Fickle, and I get that because because he's an experienced coach who's had success, and I think he would have success in Notre Dame. But universally, Marcus Freeman was the choice of the Notre Dame athletic department, the choice of Notre Dame, the school in general, the choice of the team, and really fans across the country. I, I think that he has a good foundation and is an excellent communicator, and that's the starting point to be an, an outstanding head coach. Well, he takes over a program in great, great condition and situation. The foundation is so solid. You mentioned that. And he got that, and that's a tribute to Brian Kelly. There is no doubt about it, what he left behind. That gives Freeman the opportunity to just nudge this thing a little bit forward. And, I, and I've identified it, you've identified it in the past, that one area that Notre Dame was lacking was recruiting the elite athlete. And Marcus Freeman gives Notre Dame, I think, a chance to simply bring in more five-star talent. And that could be what puts the program over the top. We'll cross our fingers on that. A couple other issues about Marcus Freeman. Let's talk about his staff. Defensive coordinator, special teams positions are open. Can you throw some names out to us? And I, and I think we're also talking about the offensive line coach and probably wide receiver. Some names to us that you've been hearing. And how will those positions be handled during the bowl game, uh, specifically defensive coordinator and special teams? Well, the staff is intact except for Brian Pullian, who went with Brian Kelly. And so Nick Lazinski, who's been a longtime member of the organization, will handle special teams and has a chance to land a full-time job. The offensive line coaching job is, uh, I mean, Jeff Quinn is, the, the, everybody else is coaching the, the Fiesta Bowl, but Jeff Quinn is going to be replaced. And barring some changes, we talk about this right now, it will be Harry Heastan, the former Notre Dame offensive line coach who left for the Chicago Bears after uh, Notre Dame's offensive line won the Joe Moore Award in 2017. Defensive coordinator, I could throw a couple names around there. That's still pretty up in the air. 
as far as wide receiver coach, we do think that Dell Alexander will be replaced. I think there's a chance that running backs coach Lance Taylor moves from running backs to receivers and they hire a, a, a running backs coach. So the, really the only name that I think that we have any great certainty about right now is uh, is Harry Heastan returning as offensive line coach to Notre Dame. What goes around comes around, and there are going to be a lot of happy uh, people out there, a lot of happy fans, if Harry Heastan indeed does come back to the Irish. It makes sense. I understand he still lives in the city of South Bend after his stint with the Chicago Bears, so he won't need to move far. That's kind of an exciting prospect. Uh, Tim, how have practices – let's talk about the preparation for the Fiesta Bowl. How have practices changed under Marcus Freeman? Any difference in how he has structured things? Well, the media only had one opportunity to see it, so I, I don't want to say too much. I know that the players have talked about a lot of, a lot of up-tempo – uh, type drills and, and a little bit more enthusiasm, which makes sense. You have a 35-year-old first-time head coach who's liked and respected by the team. And so, you know, I think they've tried to amp that up. I don't want to read too much in that uh, into that because, again, Brian Kelly has created a tremendous program. Most Nordic head coaches take over program take over the Nordic program when it's struggling. This is anything but a struggling program with 54 wins in five years. So it's a great opportunity when you ask about why should he be successful. That should be right at the top of the list because uh, when you take over a Nordic program that's won 54 times in five years and been to the playoffs two of the last three, uh, you're in a pretty good situation. Yeah, if it's not broken, don't fix it. Marcus Freeman certainly was taking a lot of notes, I'm sure, during the last year under Brian Kelly. So a lot of that head coach stuff is probably going to be pretty similar. But uh, Marcus Freeman, the great communicator, we hold out. Um, we have a lot of faith in him. Tim, opt-outs, Kyle Hamilton, and on offense, Kyron Williams. I think Kyron Williams is super key loss for the Irish in this game. I don't think I'm saying anything a lot of people haven't already thought about. Talk about how the running game now will be structured and can they make up for it? not just Kyron Williams's ability to run the ball, but his leadership and his pass protection. All three of those were off the chart. Talk about the running back room now without Kyron Williams. I would throw in Kyron Williams' ability to catch the football as well. He's very good at that. Yeah, I, you know, I, I don't think there's anybody in Notre Dame that, that doesn't think that that the, the room of Logan Diggs, Chris Tyree, and Audrick Estime is anything but a good room. But you, you, you lose Kyron Williams, who really is one of the most dynamic running backs in, in the modern era of Notre Dame football. Uh, and he did that in just two seasons. So it's concerning. I, I, I mean, I, you know, the, the biggest concern is the offensive line leading the way against a really good Oklahoma State defensive front. Uh, but so much was taken for granted with Kyron Williams. He just found ways to get yardage, uh, especially in the second half of the season once the offensive line Gave him a little bit of room to maneuver. But as you said, Phil, I mean, the leadership that Kyron Williams brought, there's nobody in a running back room that's in a position or is inclined to be that type of leader. Other guys are going to have to step up. There's no doubt about it. And it's a it's a significant loss when you're facing clearly one of the best defenses, defensive fronts in the country. Okay, and then another change that uh, we, we became aware of early in the week Josh Lugg, an injury in pre-bowl practices but right before the team left, I guess. It was one of the last practices in South Bend. But a little bit of a surprise as to who's going to fill in for Josh Lugg. Talk about that. 
Well, when we first heard it, and we actually had rumblings of it over the weekend, um, you know, I thought Michael Michael Carmody, who had started a game, uh, Tosh Baker, who had started a couple games, I thought those would be, uh, they would have to choose between those two. And I thought it would have been Carmody that would have gotten the nod. But it's Blake Fisher, uh, the exciting freshman who came out in the early entry in the spring semester, was outstanding in the spring, nailed down the starting left tackle spot in August, started the first game against Florida State and was out for the season before the end of the first half in, in Tallahassee. So that was a significant blow. And it, it, it told you something about the struggle that Notre Dame had through the first half of the season, finding the right combination up front. But Fisher is healthy again. I think stamina in a game like this uh, could be a concern because he, you know, he just hasn't played uh, um, competitively, at least in a game situation since early September, but he is a really good football player. Josh Lug has struggled at times as a pass protector and he'll be going, or he would have gone against and, and Blake Fisher will go against Brock Martin, who's had a really, really nice uh, season for Oklahoma State. But uh, everybody likes uh, the, the potential of, of of Blake Fisher. He just doesn't have a whole lot of experience in a, in a big bowl game like this. He has none, but uh, it bodes well for the future that you've got two such dynamic freshman tackles that will play and get experience in this game. And we will talk a little about that pass rush of – of Oklahoma State in the second segment. Tim, a quick hit, a prognostication on the CFP. Is there a clear favorite, and is it Alabama? Is there anybody but Alabama that can win a national title? I wouldn't say there's a clear favorite. You always have to favor Alabama under these circumstances when they nail it down to the final four. Uh, But in a rematch with Georgia, you kind of like Georgia's chances the second time through. I'm not discounting Michigan because I really like that football team a lot. Uh, but I think at the end of the day, it's going to be Georgia, Alabama. If you force me to make a pick, how do you not pick Alabama in the yeah. national championship game? Yeah. They've lost them before. They've lost a couple since the playoffs started, but uh, hard to bet against Nick Saban. Yeah, it looks like Bama. I got to agree with you. Thanks, Tim. Coming up, it's the all time Irish hero, key to an Irish victory injury report and the world-famous Irish Illustrated Prediction. And during the break, it's the Fighting Irish Fact of the Week, brought to you by Ron Wise and the Wise Insurance Agency. This is the 368th edition of Fighting Irish Preview. Introducing Flight by Yingling, the next generation of light beer. For those who don't follow trends, but craft them. Flight by Yingling is 12 ounces of uncompromised refreshment from America's oldest brewery. With only 2.6 grams of carbs and 95 calories, this is premium refreshment six generations in the making. Don't just raise a glass, raise the bar. Flight by Yingling, now available wherever beer is sold. DG Yingling and Sun Incorporated, Pottsville, Pennsylvania. Please enjoy responsibly. The Fighting Irish Fact of the Week is brought to you by our friends at the Wise Insurance Agency. Notre Dame is 19-20 and 20 all-time in bowl games. They have played in the Fiesta Bowl five times. And the Fiesta Bowl was the site of the last Notre Dame National Championship. Call Ron Wise at the Wise Insurance Agency or go to thewiseinsuranceagency.com and get an auto or home quote in less than five minutes. Now back to Fighting Irish Preview with your host, Phil Houck. This is Fighting Irish Preview, the Irish take on Oklahoma State in the Fiesta Bowl on New Year's Day. TV coverage on ESPN begins at 1 p.m. 
South Bend time. And it's now time for the All-Time Irish Hero, brought to you by the Marina at Lake Gage. Chris Craft, Master Craft in Premier Pontoons. We share your boating passion. 6'4", 220 pounds, huge wingspan, great speed, tight end eraser, linebacker physicality, cornerback fluidity. Kyle Hamilton, the next great NFL safety. Kyle Hamilton's formative years were spent in Atlanta, where he attended Marist High School. A top 100 prospect nationally, he was considered to be the prize of Notre Dame's 2019 recruiting class. As summer practices started before his freshman season, the buzz was immediate and loud. Brian Kelly knew what he had as Hamilton picked off pass after pass in practice. But Kelly kept a poker face about it. After all, Hamilton would be unleashed on the college football world soon enough. In 2019, sharing time with Loey Gilman and Troy Pride, Hamilton played in all 13 games. On his first defensive snap inside of Notre Dame Stadium, he made his first interception and returned it 34 yards for a touchdown. He finished his freshman year with four interceptions and a reputation that had gone viral. As a sophomore, he led the Irish in tackles and faced a lot of offenses that schemed their passing games away from him. Not an easy task when it only takes a few steps to range from sideline to sideline. All-American honors followed, and Hamilton became a fixture on NFL wish lists. His talent was such that his junior year would obviously be his last. The season started with two interceptions against Florida State and then a 10-tackle performance against Purdue. One of those tackles was described on this show by me as follows. On fourth and one, Purdue ran a jet sweep. As the play developed, my eyes judged that it was going to be a sure thing first down. After all, I've watched a zillion football plays, but none quite like the way this one turned out. Suddenly, Hamilton arrived like a laser from 10 yards away and made a play that was simply outside my brain's perception. The ball carrier was stopped for a loss, and possession went over to the Irish, and I sat momentarily stunned because I had just seen something I had never seen in over 50 years of watching the game. Kyle Hamilton is that good. Unfortunately, his ND career came to an end way too early when in the seventh game of the season against USC, he went down with an injury. Never did Don blue and gold again. Tim, one of the most remarkable things about Hamilton is that from his first day at ND, he played like a veteran. He did, and that's why, for, I mean, virtually since his freshman season, we've been talking about a top five pick in a draft. Now, most of the time, safeties don't go in the top five picks, but he won't get past number 10, and he is that good. I remember seeing his high school film, and at the time, he was rated a three-star, which I thought was absolutely ridiculous, and his profile took off from there. reminded me a lot of, I remember where I was, when I watched Harrison Smith's high school film, and at that time, Irish Illustrated, Irish Illustrated predicted he would be a first-round draft choice, and uh, the same thing is going to happen with Kyle Hamilton. Very similar players, great range, tremendous college football player, Kyle Hamilton. Yeah, I'll have great memories of him, even though there were just not enough of them. And last week, Kyle Hamilton became the 106th consensus All-American in Notre Dame history. Kyle Hamilton, another Marina at Lake Gage all-time Irish hero. The Marina at Lake Gage, we love boats. And it's now time for the Aspen Mortgage Key to an Irish Victory. 
The Fiesta Bowl will mark the first ever matchup between Notre Dame and 11-2 Oklahoma State. The Cowboys finished just inches from the college football playoff when they were stopped just short of the goal line on the last play of the game in their conference championship against Baylor. Cowboys head coach Mike Gundy is in his 17th season in Stillwater. Gundy is 10-5 in bowl games. Besides Baylor, the Cowboys lost back in Week 7 at Iowa State 24-21. Their best win was over Oklahoma in the regular season finale, 37-33. 6'1", 210-pound redshirt junior Spencer Sanders leads the offense that ranks 51st in scoring, 46th in rushing, and 76th in passing. Sanders is a dual-threat guy who has completed 61% of his passes for 2,468 yards and 16 TDs. He also has thrown 12 interceptions, including four in that last game against Baylor. Sanders loves to scramble and is effective at escaping the pocket up the middle. On the year, he's run for 543 yards and six TDs. Their top running back is senior Jalen Warren, who has had a big season with 1,134 yards and 11 TDs, but was slowed in November and missed the Big 12 championship game with ankle and shoulder injuries. He's backed up by a trio of effective runners, but Warren is expected to play. 6'2", Tay Martin is the top receiver with 70 catches for 942 yards and 7 TDs. Martin does most of his damage underneath as his longest catch of the year is just 38 yards. After Martin, the Cowboys have several young players who have contributed more and more as the season wore on. Sophomore Brenna Presley has 40 catches and 5 TDs out of the slot. And freshman Jaden Bray looks to have big play capability. Their defensive coordinator from the last three years, Jim Knowles, is gone. Hired away by Ohio State after the regular season. But make no mistake, Oklahoma State will play great defense. Tough on third down, they lead the nation in sacks with 55 and in tackles for loss with 113. They have the seventh best scoring defense, allowing just 16.8 points per game. And they are third in total defense, giving up 278 yards per game. Linebacker Malcolm Rodriguez has led the Cowboys three straight years in tackles and is a key to the OSU run defense, which has limited opponents to just 91.1 rush yards per game. Freshman defensive end Colin Oliver has 11.5 of the Cowboys' nation leading 55 sacks, and he will need to be accounted for on every play, but so will senior Brock Martin, who mans the other end. Martin has notched seven sacks of his own. The Cowboys have made just eight interceptions on the year, but safeties Colby, Harvell, Peel, and Jason Taylor have combined for five of them. Since Jim Knowles took over in Stillwater three years ago, the Cowboys have put an emphasis on recruiting defense, and this year it has really paid off. They are solid at every level, boast plenty of experience, and have several playmakers. Offensively balanced, defensively outstanding, Tim Priester, there are no glaring weaknesses on this team. What is the Aspen Mortgage key to an Irish victory? Oklahoma State has a great defense. I think Notre Dame has a very good defense. So I think this comes down to who can do the most offensively. Um, So from Notre Dame's perspective, they've got to find some way to loosen things up. You're just not going to hand the football to your running backs without Kyron Kyron Williams and run the football. So, I mean, it's pretty basic, but they've got to loosen up that front. If that means 
throwing some more screens, if that means playing Tyler Buckner more, they've got to get that defensive line moving laterally. So one way or another, the only way they're going to be able, I think, consistently throw the football down the field is to alter uh, what's happening at the line of scrimmage. Okay, slow down that pass rush. And it's been ferocious this year. Uh, that's probably going to mean some quicker drops for Jack Cohn, but keep him upright. That is Tim Priester's Aspen Mortgage Key to an Irish Victory. And Tim Priester, who is this week's Aspen Mortgage Key player for the Irish? Yeah, I want to say Styles in the passing game, the young, the freshman who's done some good things in the second half of the season. But because of what I said was the key to victory, I'm going to say it's Tyler Butner. I think Tyler Butner plays more. Uh, now that Tommy Reese is in full control of the offense, I'm not sure necessarily that Brian Kelly thwarted that from happening more. But I think in a game like this, you've got to do some different things to be able to run the football. And probably the best way to do that is to find some key spots to insert Tyler Butner at quarterback. Okay, well, that's that's actually would bode well also to give him more experience because he's going to be the guy next year. But Tyler Buckner. Uh, can hopefully give the Irish uh, a weapon against that pass rush. And he is your Aspen Mortgage key Irish player this week. Aspen Mortgage, for all your mortgage needs, call 486-LOAN. And it's now time for the injury report brought to you by Indiana Physical Therapy. Your choice for physical therapy now at 21 Indiana locations. Tim, where do the Irish stand health-wise for the Fiesta Bowl? We talked about Josh Lug. He's uh, obviously out. Uh, but other than that, are we pretty healthy? As far as we can tell, normally we would talk to Brian Kelly two days before kickoff, whereas this time we really haven't had an opportunity to go face-to-face with him since last week. So a little bit unknown. Josh Lug is the only one that we're aware of. Blake Fisher starting in his place. And let me throw in a key injury for Oklahoma State. Danny Godlewski, their starting center, is injured as well. So that bodes well for Notre Dame's defensive line. And I don't want to sell short Notre Dame's defensive line. I think they're going to have a great day and give uh, Oklahoma State a lot of trouble offensively. Absolutely, I agree. And it's now time for the world-famous Irish Illustrated Prediction brought to you by PolyPro. Beautiful, four times stronger than epoxy, lifetime warranty garage floors in one day. Check them out at polyprofloors.com. My wife and I love our PolyPro floor. Look them up on Facebook or go to polyprofloors.com. Tim Priester, Vegas, says the Irish by two and a half. What does America's foremost authority say? I think this is one of the toughest bowl games to pick, frankly, especially among the major bowls. It's two really good teams. I think Oklahoma State is a really good football team, coached by a veteran in Mike Gundy, 17 seasons. This is now 16 bowls for him. He's 10-5 and in bowl games. He's won four of his last five in six of his last eight. I think Notre Dame is going to slow down Oklahoma State's offense, but I see this as a very low-scoring game. Um, Notre Dame is going to play very hard for Marcus Freeman. The matchup that is concerning for me is the Oklahoma State defensive line against Notre Dame's offensive line. This is still a Notre Dame team in transition. I have a final score of 23-20 to 20 in favor of Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State 23 Notre Dame 20. That is Tim Priester's world-famous Irish illustrated prediction. Tim, certainly the Irish will miss Kyron Williams, not just running the ball, but as I said, catching the ball. You said catching the ball, and I said pass protection. Uh, That's critical. So look for shorter drops, quick passes by Jack Cohn to deal with OSU's pass rush. 
Notre Dame's defense will also present OSU and specifically Spencer Sanders with some problems. You touched on that. Notre Dame's got a pretty good pass rush themselves. So two good defenses signal to me, just like you said, a low-scoring game. Look for an ND stop of Oklahoma State's last drive to preserve the win. Notre Dame 20, Oklahoma State 17. Thanks, Tim, and Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you too, Phil. Go Irish, and thanks for listening to Fighting Irish Preview. Special thanks to Jim Shovelin, Brett Rump, Art Salzberg, and studio producer Adam Schenkel. For more Fighting Irish Preview, check out FightingIrishPreview.com and also listen to and subscribe to our podcast, available on all podcast platforms. Fighting Irish Preview is the copyrighted property of Judge Phil Productions.